0: Hello. Welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Today, I'm joined by Erica Frank, one of my colleagues at Shaw Law Group, and a fellow employment law wonk. Hi, Erica. How are you today? Hi, Jen, I'm doing just great and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I cannot believe we're in 2022. And apropos of that, Erica, we're going to talk about some New Year's resolutions over the next couple of episodes, right? What's our topic today?
1: Yes, so today our topic is job description cleanup. That sounds incredibly boring. Boring. I know, I know, I know. And it is, and it's tedious. But Jen, I know you and I have talked about this. Now it's more important than ever because people's jobs have changed over the last year and a half, especially when we have different workplace arrangements. Some are at home, some are in the office, some are hybrid. So Jen, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what what should employers be doing when they open up that file and start cleaning out their job descriptions?
0: You know, it's really interesting because we work with public and private sector employers and a lot of public sector employers feel like they really can't do much to change somebody's job description. Obviously, there's a term of art in the public sector called a duty statement, which sort of generally um, lets an employee know their classification and what they need to be doing. But even within a duty statement, it's got to be up to date. So one of the things we've seen since COVID-19, of course, is this whole idea of hybrid work, either fully working remotely or sometimes working remotely. People's job descriptions have changed. Positions have been eliminated because there aren't enough people to fill them. There have just been so many changes when it comes to what somebody is supposed to do every day at work. And of course, the problem is when somebody asks for a reasonable accommodation, let's say they have a medical condition or disability or religious belief or practice, they want some sort of an accommodation, it may relate to their job description or their duty statement, right? I know it says I'm supposed to travel, but I can't travel. I know it says I'm supposed to facilitate these meetings, but I've been doing them on Zoom since COVID came and it's going all right. So we need to make sure all of the listeners understand, look, when you're doing a job description or a duty statement, it's gotta be accurate. You've gotta really be telling your team and your employees, what are you expecting from them? Because everything, of course, flows from the job description, your evaluation, expectations for performance. I mean all of those issues come down to all right, what what was I supposed to be doing? Even when you hire someone, you interview someone, ideally you're going to be showing them a job description or duty statement and saying, "Look, take a look at this. Is there anything here you think you can't do or you don't want to do?" So, Jen, you touched upon one of the important reasons why
1: employers really need to take the job description cleanup seriously, and that was with regard to reasonable accommodation. That that job description isn't just something that goes into the employee's personnel file. It actually comes out when that employee may need a, a reasonable accommodation. Can we talk a little bit about how the job description is actually important? And I think it's really important for us to touch upon this remote work arrangement and how that has changed or perhaps limited some of the employer's abilities to require employees to be at work. Um, And we, we know that the EEOC is actually looking into that very matter. So why do job descriptions matter when it comes to reasonable accommodation?
0: So here's what's happened. When somebody asks for a reasonable accommodation, they're asking for an exception. They're asking for an exemption, right? Sometimes it's about a vaccine mandate that the employer has implemented. Sometimes it's about a schedule that the employer wants them to work. Sometimes, more and more frequently, it's about the location of the employee's work. I loved working at home, right? So people are saying, during the pandemic, I've been in my PJs. I get to get up when I want. I get to do what I need to do. I like having workplace flexibility. I'm able to go to my kid's softball game without feeling like my absence is obvious, right? And obviously some people who are working remotely, they do have to be available. They're in a call center, they're in a call queue. But for many, many workers, the idea of working remotely has introduced a new level of flexibility and a new level of independence and it's hard to go backward. So part of what's happened is employers were trying to keep everybody employed at the beginning of the pandemic. So they said, all right, they can't do their whole job right now at home, but that's all right, let's just keep them employed. Let's do what we can do. We don't know what's gonna happen with the pandemic. We don't know how this is gonna work. So let's just keep them getting a paycheck. Well, of course, now those same people wanna say, hey, You let me do it for 18 months why are you now saying that I I need to be in the office or I need to be on site and I think a lot of employers think they have to have a super uber reason for the employees to come back and the reason may just be collaboration the reason may be working cooperatively being able to coach and mentor someone you know It doesn't have to be the actual job function must be done within the four walls of an office. It may just be that we're not working effectively as a team when we're not together, and we wanna be in the same place. So that job description is our roadmap. If the job description says they don't have to travel, you're gonna be hard pressed to suddenly say, well, you have to travel. If we're gonna consider something to be an essential function of an employee's job, it better be in the job description or duty statement, or it's not gonna be very essential.
1: Now, when you mentioned the notion of collaboration, I so appreciated you utilizing that term because it is an excellent segue to the next reason why job description cleanup is so important. And that has to do when we're talking about discipline and performance reviews, and even you know, in some cases termination why is that job description so critical when it comes time to uh, discipline an employee or even terminate?
0: Well, one of the things we always ask when clients call us, Erica, and you know this because you're doing it now, they call you to say, you know, Erica, look, I've got this terrible employee. I need to fire them. And what's the first thing we ask? What's their job? What do they do? And what are they not doing? So if you tell me as a client that, oh, Tommy isn't doing X and it's a really important thing that he's supposed to be doing, but it's not in the job description, good luck. It looks like you're making up a reason to get rid of Tommy, right? You don't have a legitimate business reason. Remember, even at-will employees, right, who can be fired for any reason with or without notice, with or without cause. The employer still has the burden of proof they still have to show okay i have a legitimate reason for this the term pretext comes up right i say i terminated him because he didn't do x he says are you kidding me no one ever told me to do x and by the way it's not even in my job description well now he's made an argument the legal term for it is pretext he said She's full of potatoes. What she's telling you isn't right. This is all pretext. She wants to get rid of me because of my race, my color, the fact that I raised a COVID safety issue, whatever it is. Now the burden comes back to me as the employer to show, no, no, I had a good faith reason for this. If it's not in the job description, you just can't prove it. That's the problem. Now, of course, that's the case when you're saying somebody is being terminated because They haven't done a task. Right. Totally different issue if they're being terminated because they sexually harassed someone or they threatened violence or they stole something. That's not going to be in the job description. Right. You don't need to put in the job description. Don't steal from us. Don't say anything sexually inappropriate to your coworkers. Right. No, we don't. We're not going down that road. But certainly when it's a task that we're talking about, it's got to be in that job description if you want to hold the employee accountable.
1: Well, and this leads us to the last topic we wanna to talk about as it relates to job description cleanup, and that's the essential functions of the job. Cause that's really that's really the peanut butter and jelly of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's the important aspect of the job description talk about or give some examples of what would be an an essential function versus what wouldn't be considered an essential function.
0: Well, it's funny, Erica, because clients ask us that all the time, right? What is an essential function? And it's funny. It's not necessarily the most important thing somebody does. There may be something somebody does once a month that is essential, like, for example, backing up a computer network. I only need you to be able to do it once a month, but you got to be able to do it, right? And you got to be on site to do it because that's where our equipment is. So essential functions could be the reason you hired the person in the first place, right? The essential function or an essential function could be a function that the person has got to be able to do. So you need to be able to use an Excel spreadsheet. And if you can't do that, you can't do this job. Or it could be something that happens rarely, like backing up the network, but has to happen. The thing to think about is, why am I hiring this person? What am I hiring this person to do? So I had a client one time years ago. He was hiring someone as an outside sales rep, and he was very in tune to this work-life balance idea. This was before COVID. And he was worried that if he told candidates they were going to need to travel 50% of the time, they wouldn't apply for the job. So he didn't put it in the job description. He didn't tell them that travel was required 50% of the time. He didn't even mention travel. Well, of course, he gives the job to someone they accept. And the first day at work, he's like, all right, well, here's your hotel loyalty card. And here's your credit card. And here's your car allowance because you'll be on the road 50% of the time. The employee said, what are you talking about? I have two small children. I never would have applied for this job. And he said, I know. That's why I didn't tell you she said okay well i quit right so he calls me and says well she quit well yeah because you didn't tell her what the job was about you didn't think she was going to figure it out first day you told her right so the essential functions are not everything an employee does they're the central things that you need them to do and they relate directly to what we're talking about with that reasonable accommodation analysis right If somebody's asking for an accommodation, they still have to be able to perform the essential functions of their job with or without that accommodation. So we've got to know what our essential functions are or we can't figure out what to do when somebody makes a reasonable accommodation request.
1: Fantastic, Jen. I think that just about wraps up our job description cleanup.
0: I think it does too, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on Workplace Wake Up. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, or email us at info at
1: Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.